you spend your Sundays looking for something fun to do, usually they're so drab and dull. <sighs> Boring. We have just the thing for you. November 28th, the Old Rock House and Rock Paper Podcast present Debstock 2021. Featuring music by Nick Gussman and the Coyotes. Screeching halts. Debstock 2021, November 28th from 3 to 7 at the Old Rock House, 1200 South 7th Street, St. Louis, Missouri. Tickets on sale at MetroTix.com. Debstock 2021, a benefit for glioblastoma brain cancer. Brought to you by Old Rock House and Rock Paper Podcast. Hey everybody, Shane Presley here, Rock Paper Podcast. Thank you so much for checking out another episode of the show. Today's features Molly Ambergie. Had a great time hanging out with Molly over at In God Arts Hotel and uh, talking a little bit about her comedy and her uh, how she got here to St. Louis and uh, her podcast, the Casually Molly Podcast, now available on all your favorite podcasting apps. So wherever you're listening to this show, be sure to click subscribe on the Casually Molly Podcast. And I uh, had a lot of fun, like I said, hanging out with her, so... Hope you enjoy this episode. Do want to remind you that Rock Paper Podcast is brought to you by Roughneck Beard Company and American Rambler. Located right here in St. Louis, Missouri. Located on Manchester in uh, the Maplewood area. Swing by the shop or shop 24-7 at roughneckbeardcompany.com. Use my code RPP15 for an exclusive 15% off your purchase, including all your favorite beard oils, beard balms, their junk powder, or uh, one of my personal favorites, their Roughneck Beard Batter. You know, ladies and gentlemen, it's officially beard season with fall and no-shave November right around the corner. This is prime time to grow a beard, and Roughneck Beard Company has you covered. Using a good beard oil from day one of growth sets the stage for a faster, fuller, healthier growth. Avoid dry skin and the dreaded beard itch by combining with Roughneck Genesis for a vitamin punch that really gets things moving. Stop in a day or order online to build your kit and kick your growth into high gear. Again, find everything at roughneckbeardcompany.com and use that code RPP15 for 15% off. Uh, you heard it from Tony and uh, Be- Beyond FM crew on the intro there, but uh, I do want to uh, let you know that Debstock is happening November 28th at Old Rock House in St. Louis, Missouri. Tickets available at MetroTix.com today, $15 online, 20 at the door, bringing along a wonderful lineup of music for you, including One Way Traffic, Nick Gusman and the Coyotes. 
the screeching halts and spank on ya. And uh, this is all to help raise funding and awareness for glioblastoma brain cancer. And uh, so come out and have a great time with us. Uh, hoping for some perfect weather. We can enjoy the big patio out there at Old Rock House and, and have a great time on a, a little Sunday fun day. Grab some tickets and come party with us. That is it for me, everybody. If you need me, of course, you can always find me at rockpaperpodcast.com. Um, hit me up on the socials. Feel free to email me at rockpaperpodcast.com. And uh, with all that out of the way, sit back and relax and enjoy this brand new episode with my friend, Molly Ambergie. Um, podcast is kind of like a, it's like a radio show that's not on the radio it's on, it's on the internet. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> That's also like my mom. Uh, it makes it sound more confusing, doesn't it? Uh, it sounds like this. Hey, everybody. This is Molly Ambergie, and you're listening to the Rock Paper Podcast. Rock Paper Podcast. This is beat paper. Paper covers rock. Rock beats is the shame. Covers nonstop. Never know what new kind of guests that he's got coming at you. Live and direct on the spot could be rock, folk, country, or hip-hop, jazz. All kind of folks that he has could be an artist or a comedian to make you laugh on the Rock Paper Podcast. Double-decker fudge round, rolling round town. Shane coming at you live and direct from ground zero. He's your hero. He's your bestie. Rock Paper Podcast with Shane Presley. Hey everybody, Shane Presley here, Rock Paper Podcast, coming to you from St. Louis, Missouri, hanging out today with Molly Ambergie. You got it. All right. Hey, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me. This is so fun. Yeah, we we are uh, sitting uh, here at On God Arts Hotel. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so if you hear any background noise, there seems to be a good party happening upstairs. Oh yes, there is definitely a party happening upstairs. So yeah, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up and go crash the party later on and uh, <laughs> see what happens up there. But yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't think it's gonna be too bad. But if you hear any noise, that's what's happening. So uh, right. shout out to On God Hearts Hotel for letting us hang out today. Yes, uh, we did uh, just uh, wrap up an episode of. Your podcast, yes, the Casually Molly mm-hmm. podcast. So, uh, thank you for having me on your show. Uh, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. I love this double feature that we're right. having. If this is the prequel or the sequel, right. whichever one you're listening yeah. to, thanks for listening to both. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it's. I, I love. Uh, I, you know, I kind of alluded to it on your show, but I, I've done a couple of these different crossovers, and it's just a lot of fun to. One to get to officially meet you. We've been uh, friendly online for a while, but this is our proper introduction and uh and uh it's been way overdue but i'm excited that's finally happening and yes we made it work we made yeah. it happen yeah <laughs> but it's fun to get to you know even if podcasting bringing us together and stuff get to link up and uh, have these crossovers and it's just fun because it's, it's another good excuse to meet people doing cool stuff around town so absolutely uh well, along with the po- your podcast you are also a stand-up comedian uh, you have many hats. Uh, you've worked in theater and all kinds of different stuff. So I kind of wanted to, I know a little bit about your story just through listening to your show. 
I feel like, um, I feel like, uh, you know, when they always say first time, long time, you know, kind of thing, like, uh, that's kind of that I feel like that, like, cause like I've been listening to the podcast and I enjoy your conversations and you've had many of my friends on mm-hmm. a, lot, a lot of, uh, past guests of this show also. Um, so it's always fun to hear a completely different interview than what they may have been on my show and stuff. So I always appreciate that too. Like, it's just, uh, you know, you maybe kind of know somebody in one, a certain light cause they've, you, you know, but then you like learn something completely different about them on a, your show. Mm-hmm. So I always think that's a lot of fun to, to, uh, have that kind of, you know, hearing a guest on two different shows like that. So it's cool. Um, but, uh, so I know a little bit about your story. I know, uh, what you grew up in Cincinnati. Is yes. that right? Mm-hmm. So yes. how do you get to St. Louis? What's the, what's the, the how yeah, you, it's like the million dollar question, right? right? Like, <laughs> yeah. A lot of people are like, oh my gosh, where did you go to high school? And yeah. I'm like, not in St. Louis. Yeah. So yeah, no, I, I laugh because that's actually the question too, that gets asked in Cincinnati a lot. So right. if you meet anybody from Cincinnati, they'll come here and they'll hear that that's the question. We're like, no, that's, that's a Cincinnati question. <laughs> yeah. We ask that in Cincinnati, Some but stole our thing. Uh, I know. It's just like, I think you guys stole our thing, <laughs> yeah. but that's what, no. Anyway, it's not even important about where you went to high school. It's all about where you finish. But well, uh, I think in St. Louis, yeah. uh, it's like a, a class thing. almost. It's, oh, uh, same in Cincinnati. Sure. Yeah, actually. Or Cincy. We go right. by C-I-N-C-Y. <laughs> so if we always say, uh, if you ever see somebody spell Cincy as C-I-N-C-I, you're an imposter. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I grew up in Cincinnati and then I actually went right outside the window of the on God. Um, I went to St. Louis university, which was super random. I thought for college, um, I was just going to go to like, maybe like Ohio state or university of Cincinnati and kind of stay local. Uh, but SLU allowed me, I wanted to be a theater major, but my parents were like, well, you can't just be a theater major. You have to add something to it. So um, a lot of schools are conservatories, so they really want you to make theater your whole life, which I was willing to do. Uh, but I'm really happy in a sense that I got to go to SLU and I had the opportunity to do so because I got to do a bunch of theater, but then I learned the journalism aspect of stuff, um, you know, interviewing people, talking with people, uh, writing press releases, and that kind of led me in producing theater and whatnot. So, um, and then I had a lot of friends here that I actually met after college. And I was like, you know, I really miss St. Louis. I kind of want to move back. And I'm really happy that I did. It's been a good move. And we'll just see what happens next. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've, I've been here all my life. So I don't really know any different, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in the greater St. Louis. I live, like I said, I'm a little outside of town, but I always call St. Louis home. I, you know, but I, I do... Uh, and, you know, often think about like what it'd be like to pick up and move to somewhere brand new, you mm-hmm. know, start just to, even for a little while, even just to see something different for a little while. But so I don't know. I often, and then I like, I'm like, and then I get scared. I'm like, I don't know if I could do that. Like, it's, it's just like, it's a big, it's a big jump, you know, and especially all my family lives here for the most part. Uh, you know, I have a little, little some are kind of sprinkled around, but uh, for the majority of my family is in the in the same area, so uh, it would be hard to be away from everybody, not go somewhere I don't know anyone. No, I, I, you're not alone thinking that. Like, there's so many. 
I'm so happy you brought that up because there's so many people I talk to in St. Louis and they're born in St. Louis and they stay in St. Louis and it's the same in Cincinnati too. So when people are like, you know, you move to St. Louis and I really don't have any family here. I have a lot of good girlfriends here and I have a great network of friends. Um, so, but I was always raised in just because my parents and I, and like some of our immediate family were in Cincinnati, our friends were always like our family too growing up. So for me, it worked being able to have that move. Now, sometimes it does get like a little lonely. Like sometimes I'm like, Oh, I wish I had like a mom around (laughs) or somebody to like, or like a parent or somebody to talk to. And you know, you don't want to throw your problems on people. I don't mean to get too deep. So you just kind of are like, well, you know, I'm going to put on a smile and like, just, you know, suck it up and do what I need to do. But, um, you know, what's really therapeutic is when you move to a different place, exploring all the places in it. So what I did, especially at SLU was I didn't just stay on campus. I, I really went and tried to explore different places. I've lived in different neighborhoods of St. Louis. Like I lived in Shaw neighborhood for a while. I loved it there. Um, I lived in the artist lofts for a while and I got to experience grand center area. And now I live in St. Charles. So that's a whole other chapter, <laughs> right. you know? Yeah. So St. Peter's for a brief uh, period of three months. So I feel like I've really gotten my realm of the greater St. Louis area, <laughs> and whether I'm not from here or anything. Yeah. So. I do. Well, I mean, I've, again, I've been, I'm 36. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been here all my life and I still continue to discover things in St. Louis. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, and that's kind of the fun of this show too. Uh, gets me out meeting people and I get, to, I do my mobile. So I go to them a lot and it gets me into different neighborhoods and different whatever, you know, just like, so I'm seeing all kinds of different parts of St. Louis that I n- never knew existed. So it's fun to, I feel like if you look at St. Louis as a, you know, it's the actual downtown of city limits is very small, but, you know, of course uh, we, we include all the county and everything else as St. Louis even. Yes. So, you know, it's like I've getting to discover all these other little pockets and it's been a lot of fun to, you know, keep continuing to explore all over the city. So. Oh, for sure. That's the best part. You're like, oh, I didn't know this existed. Right. Or I know this restaurant was here. Or, this band is here. All like, right. this is crazy. And then you you start to gain a pride for your city. I feel like, oh, yeah. you know, especially with you interviewing people, you you get to know people and you're like, oh, what a what a way to build up our city. And I feel like the same way, like doing comedy and meeting people through that. Like, I have such a pride for our comedy scene here and the podcasting scene here. So um, I've really come... I've really come to love St. Louis for, for what it is. And, you know, sometimes I'm kind of like, you know, I kind of wish maybe I had gone out to like, like I've done things in LA and New York, but I'm like, Oh, maybe I should have like moved there and just like done something. And I still at 30, um, still struggle with that a little bit. Like I'm like, Oh, you know, do I, but then I remember I'm like, Oh, but I'm doing so many things great here that allow me to do something in New York or do something in LA or even Chicago. I produced a play in Chicago at one point as well when the Chicago Fringe Festival was still running. And, you know, you just kind of have to remember that everybody has a different journey and a different story. I do a lot of self-comparison a lot too, and I shouldn't, (laughs) but I've I've gotten a lot better at that. I've been a little bit more self-assured and more confident myself. So I'm happy about the growth and the change that St. Louis has given to me. So yeah. I do feel like, I mean, I say it a lot on the show and I feel like, uh, if you go down the list of talent on this, on this podcast alone, like you'll see a lot of great examples, but St. Louis is like this hotbed and I feel like for entertainment and food. And I mean, there's just like so much cool stuff happening and, uh, what we, you know, we have amazing music, a lot of great comedy coming up, 
a lot of, you know, we, and, um, some have moved on to uh, the other cities, but, you know, they still claim St. Louis is home. So it's, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's cool to see that uh, people out there, you know, putting St. Louis in such a positive light, you know, because there was a long time where we didn't have as much of, of that. So it's, um, but I feel like uh, it's a great spot for any artist uh, like yourself and yes. stuff, you know, anybody that wants to create because it's affordable and in the middle of the map and you're able to do a quick drive to Chicago or Nashville or whatever to do these different things. Oh, yeah, and, Nashville, I brought that so close too. Yeah. Right? So, um, but anyway, I think it's a, uh, I think it's great. And I, I, I'm a big fan of St. Louis. So they're really it, going back to the point about moving. There really hasn't been that big motivator that I need to go start somewhere else. Like I do love everything we have here. So yeah, we have everything we need. Right. So we're happy. Yeah. We're in the On God Arts Hotel. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so you, uh, you, you came here, like you said, as at first theater and school and things. Uh, but uh, so comedy was never kind of a part of that conversation until yeah you know I feel like a lot of times I'll talk to people who do theater and like comedy or like comedy and want to do theater they feel like they have to choose one or the other and I've been kind of lucky enough to be able to have a path for myself where I can do both if I want to which like we should be able to do whatever we want. Like life is short and I'm not trying to say that as a cliche, but I think it's really stupid that people, um, or just really sad that we feel like we always have to pick one or the other and we can't have multiple interests. And I could go on for days about that. Um, and I don't mean to get so philosophical, but, uh, when I first came here, a lot of times when you're in theater and even growing up, like, you know, in theater, you want to be like the the drama and you want to be in that, you know, that play like an Edward Albee or something, like something really absurd and weird, which is cool. And it's a cool genre to see sometimes. But I was never really cast in those roles. I was always casted or cast as the comedic character always was. And I always got so annoyed. I was like, why am I always the funny one? I'm really tired of being the funny person. I'm like, somebody just take me seriously already. And then I was like, but why don't I just embrace this already? And, um, I got in a, basically I had a breakup that really tore me down and I, you know, I was really overworked. And so I moved back to Cincinnati and, uh, just to be close to my family. And I'm so glad I did go back to Cincinnati for two years after being in St. Louis for college. And then a few years after college. So I'm 25 sitting in my bedroom, my childhood bedroom (laughs) with my dog, like sitting there. I'm like, what am I going to do with my life? And I turned on Netflix. I have my Netflix subscription. And thank God I did because I started watching and reliving all these like comedy um, specials and people I loved even watching on Comedy Central um, when we had cable and everything growing up. And I was like, oh my gosh, I love Nikki Glaser. She was like one of my favorite. How did I forget this love? I love Amy Schumer, Rachel Feinstein, like Ali Wong, like all these women. I was like, I can relate to these women because they're so fun. And I was like, oh, there is a niche for me. Like you can be a fun woman and still like, you know, want to make people laugh and, you know, figure out different things that you want to talk about on stage. And this is possible. Like people do this and some people even do it for a living. So I, I started producing my own shows at first because I didn't understand the whole mic. I didn't have anybody to be like, so how do I get into comedy? Like, how do I like, what, what's the, and I never had the balls stirred, the guts to be like, (laughs) 
I would never like somehow I don't understand how some people are like, so how do I headline? I was like, oh my God, I don't even, I don't even know to start. Like, how do I do this? And, you know, I started producing shows and people were like, Hey, you're kind of doing a lot of material that you're not ready for yet. And I never meant it as a mean way. Why don't you just come do? And when I went to an open mic and saw you could just do five minutes, I was like, Oh, well, that's a relief. (laughs) I can actually have growth and things to do. And I, I feel like I keep improving and learning and I, I love our comedy community here in St. Louis. There's so, and I'm not just saying this cause we're talking about St. Louis, but there's so many talented, amazing people. Like I, I want to have them all on my podcast and it's hard because I'm like, Oh, well I know you have a show coming up and you're headlining and you have an album in this, but I'm so grateful that I kind of touched on it in Cincinnati, but I'm really happy I did more in St. Louis because there's so many good people to learn from. So yeah, if it wasn't for women in comedy, I was like, oh, I I don't think I would have found it. I think I would have kept chasing something different. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and I think that's a great example, like you're saying that one to have uh, that represented, you know, having these uh, women to idolize and look up to and the, mm-hmm. you know seeing seeing a face like yours that you can be like hey look, i can do this too and this is somebody that i can connect with even though i don't know this person but this right. they're, they're some they're doing something that i wish i could do so yes um and uh i think that's a great motivator for sure like to get up there and, and give it a shot and so uh i've always been uh comedy's always been a big part of my life um you know, a ton of Comedy Central presents, uh, you know, early days uh, oh, yeah. of that, uh, watching a lot of SNL and, mm-hmm. you know, and of course, uh, I don't know, I was talking a, uh, a little bit about it with a uh, uh, friend, uh, mutual friend, Corey Stewart. Uh, oh, love her. Hey, Corey. I, hey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I told her, do like, you know, like, I remember like in 97, Farley was like my hero, you know, like I'm... Oh. <laughs> Yes, yeah. I agree. I did yes. like so much to like emulate Chris Farley. Just like again, like here's a uh, you know a little heavier guy, a big guy doing all these things, and uh, you know it was something like I could see. I you know I connected to that image. You know, it was like being this the funny kind of guy in school, some and uh, this yeah. kind this kind of character. Um, so uh, I I but I never really I never had that itch to perform you know it was never that i need to um you know do stand-up or be in the play and stuff i or whatever it was i just i don't know nothing spoke to me that i need drew me to do that but so i'm i was telling you uh, um on your show that i spent a lot of time at the funny bone and i was hanging out there and all these people kept saying like do you want to do comedy you know because that's the thing like people you're hanging out at the club all the time like that's usually the way to get stage time. Mm-hmm. And so I always kept here. I'm like, no, I'm just a, a fan of the art. I appreciate it. Like, I just want to be yeah, here. Right, yeah. <laughs> I just appreciate watching the uh, people work, you know, like it's, it's fun to watch. Um, again, like you're saying, like kind of de- develop that material, getting that, starting with that five minutes and finally finding that, you know, trying out those different punchlines and seeing what, and all of a sudden, you know, that week that it clicks and it's like, oh, there it is. You know, finally getting, mm-hmm getting what that joke deserves or what, you know, finding the right mix of words and make it the funniest you can and stuff. So I've always been a real fan of the, the art form of that, you know, watching that all come together. So, um, and of course, you know, people, people see the Netflix specials, they see the polished version of it, but there's a lot that goes into, 
uh, many, many years and uh, time, yes. you know, and stuff that for for most of them. And uh, you know, uh, so it's uh, it's fun to see the grind, though. just the, the hustle, watching people work and make it happen. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was, but yeah, <laughs> I was just like, so I spent a lot, several weeks just hanging out, watching my friends do that. And it was a lot of fun. Oh, I mean, that's, that is actually, and people, well, not everybody, I shouldn't say that. We'll just call them out. Jimmy will laugh at me <laughs> because I'm like, my boyfriend will laugh at me because I love seeing people grow. Like if I've been watching, like that's why I stay for mics usually the whole time. Like if I ever leave a mic early after my set is done, it's honestly either because I just don't feel very good or I've just had a really long day and my mental health wise, I'm like, love y'all, but I got to go home. Mm -hmm. But majority wise, I will stay a, cause I like hanging out with people and there is that camaraderie aspect yeah. of it. And I, you know, I love my comedy family. They're great. Uh, but seeing somebody work on a bit that they've been working on for weeks and seeing the legs of it come together and having them like have that spark and like something added on just because of the feedback from the audience, it is the coolest feeling to see that. And it's not even my bit. <laughs> I'm like, this is amazing. Like, I'm so happy for you. And I do, I laugh audibly. I want somebody to know, like, I'm enjoying myself and I'm not embarrassed. Like if I think your bit is funny, I will tell you, I will say that was an amazing set and I'm not throwing any BS. It, it really means a lot to me to see uh, people that I care about succeed and grow because I know as a comedian, I've been doing comedy for like about five years now, give and take with 2020 COVID. Um, when you have that feeling after doing like what people, it's just like what you said, the polished work. When I first started doing comedy, people would come or my friends would come to open mics and it's not what you see on comedy central. Like my parents grew up. We, I loved speaking of, you know, bigger men, Jim Gaffigan. Right. I've seen all of his specials. I adore him. I'd love to see him live someday. And you know, they would be like, well, this isn't like a Jim Gaffigan special. Like this is an open mic. Some of these people aren't very sure. good. And, that's what people don't realize is you really, if you're going into comedy or theater or anything like that, there's a lot of times where it's not glamor, but that's okay because you work to that point to make it for you and what you're going to get out of it and what the audience can too. So anything that's an entertainment aspect, I think it, uh, it'll never be fully polished until a certain point. And mm -hmm. even after that, you're like, all right, cool. I made an album. <laughs> like, yeah. Let me right. make some more material. Uh, so it, it's I, amazing to see that. I love it. <laughs> and like, uh, you know, I, I feel like podcasting is, is like that. Like, and there's a lot of things that there's that you just can't, you, it's not like you can just stay home practicing com stand up comedy at the in your bedroom, you know, like No. You know, like, you can try, I right. guess. I mean you yeah. could, there's there's <laughs> parts of it, but yeah. you definitely you're never gonna be able to know what it's like to perform in front of an audience like that until you do it. And and the same like I could record all the podcasts I want, but I don't know if it's gonna be any good until I finally just get out there and just do it and then put it you know, put it out there for the the public to perceive and stuff too, because like you know, it's like there's there's so much of this that you just have to, you know, people are going to see the bad. You know, it's like it's hard of to course, it's yeah. hard to it's hard to just come out of the gate being great. You know, so mm -hmm. uh, so that's the thing. It's like it take, everybody's got those that you know years of struggle trying to get to where they want to be at. And but uh, you know, so I I'm, I'm thankful for anybody that stuck with me. You know, doing this podcast that listening to the bad stuff. You know, and and 
Uh, so I feel that way about yeah. my podcast too. So I get <laughs> so, it. Thank you, anybody, yeah. for listening to Bad Audio and still <laughs> subscribing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you know, it just it'd be nice if you could just like, uh, hey, forget all that stuff. Just focus on you know the, where it's like I'm the in, present where, like, where I'm calling <laughs> yeah, it right. right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I totally yeah. understand. But, yep. Been there. Yeah. But uh, you know, it, it would be nice if uh, if that was if it was different, but. I think it's all part of the learning curve for sure, you know, as we uh, continue to grow mm-hmm. as people and, you know, entertainers or whatever you want to call us. So. Absolutely. Yeah. All about growth, man. Yeah. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, uh, so, so you were, you were, comedy came first and then you decided to launch the podcast? Yes. So, so I will be honest and I, I laugh about this a lot. I never really wanted a podcast, which is so ironic because now all I do is post it. But um, I felt like there was a point where like people all the time would be like, oh, you have such a great voice for talking. You know, you should have a podcast. You should be on the radio. You know, like the same shit that people tell you all the time. Um, but it, uh, I know there's like a party going outside our door right now. If anybody's listening, somebody literally just looked through the window. It's like, um, yeah, two famous podcasters are sitting in this room. Um, so I know it always looks, just put two microphones out or that's a thing. This is what's going to make you look so professional, Shane, not that you aren't already, but just carry the microphone around in a place that, you know. And then also just have a clipboard with some paper on it. You're going to look super important. I yep. love it. That's what I go by. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I felt like, you know, I was like, there's so many podcasts. Like it's so saturated. Like everybody I meet today, is like, do you want to listen to my podcast? I have a podcast, you want? which I feel so dumb. I'm so hypocritical saying that because I'm like, well, I have one and I interviewed this person and you should listen to me, you know, the same, the same shit that we all say, but I really ended up loving it. Like I was like, this is so fun and just like growing and changing and, um, you know, starting out like in my artist loft, I just had my friends and my cell phone and, um, I still have my friends and my cell phone, but just outside of the podcast. And then I moved up to like, I remember I just had my, I think I probably, you probably saw that on my Instagram, I posted a picture of me and, uh, probably our mutual friend, Andy Hamilton and, Andy was always a supporter, still a supporter of me, a uh, really good human. And I think me, I like, I was going to say, I think me and Andy did one the first time in a Denny's booth with my, I had a blue Yeti. Uh, so, yeah. Which I love it. So it was in a Denny's yep. booth. Like <laughs> that's amazing. Did you have the mics and everything too? Uh, well, like, at the time I, so you had the blue snowball. Yes. I had the Yeti. Oh, uh, yeah. So oh, okay. same, same kind of uh, laptop microphone. I just, and I just kind of put it in the middle of the table, and I think we ate some pancakes and talked about comedy. And oh my god, so that is awesome! Yeah, what a great. Sorry, I brought you. Well, no, I'm, I'm so obviously so happy I brought you Beyond God, but I'm sorry I didn't bring you any pancakes. Um, that's a, next next podcast episode. Yeah. Uh, the triad will be at Uncle Bill's. It'll be great. <laughs> so, but that's a you know again uh, humble beginnings. You know, we all started somewhere yeah. with a with a microphone and a dream and make it happen so yeah it was like we were in a basement and i had my laptop and the like the microphone and i did that with a bunch of people like jc sabala another great human didn't even make could have but didn't make fun of me once he was like awesome great interview and those people who have like stuck with you then eventually when i you know i met chris denman he's like why don't you just try out my studio you know now it's it's great because my friend key who we both know too like she's my you know kind of producer of everything now and Grace Robertson and it's just like such a fun girl gang and just the growth of everything and 
being able to like interview some really cool national headliners now and interviewing more musicians, which was a little bit out of my comfort zone just because I've never really been, I played piano and I appreciate music, but now I'm learning more interviewing styles and what to ask and what to say. And, um, it's just, it's been so fun. And I, I wouldn't have gotten to that point if it hadn't been for me trying out comedy and meeting the amazing people I've met through it. So I'm so thankful. Yeah. Well, you can find Casually Molly podcast on all the apps, all the streaming, uh, wherever you're listening to podcasting at. And um, you can find uh, the YouTube channel. You do a lot more video than uh, also with the show. So Yeah. I started doing video during COVID when that first started. I was like, well, no time like the present. Might as well start doing video. And now I'm really happy we're doing it. I really liked adding the video into it as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, I've been, you know, I've been trying to do more with, uh, you know, a lot more of the Usually I just post the performance stuff. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's tricky when you're, uh, you know, the host, the webmaster, the producer, the editor, mm-hmm. the, uh, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to wear a lot of hats and, yes. uh, I'm trying to do it all. But I was like, I don't think I can handle editing video and audio, uh, and doing all this right now. It's like, a lot. So, yeah. yeah. It's hard, it's hard enough to just, uh, do what I'm already doing, like, you know, keeping the content coming. Uh, I mean, you know, like I try to do like two a week, typically one or two, some depending on the week. But, uh, you know, it's like if I have to edit a video and then I'm definitely going to have to slow down to for sure one a week, you know, if mm-hmm. that. So uh, it's just like too much right now. One Maybe one day when I get more of a, a, like yourself, you have a nice studio space and you have a crew and like. So. Oh, yeah. But I have to do it when I casually can as well. Like I used to have a really like, I was like, it's going to be every Sunday. But then like what you talked about, life happens. You have a lot to balance, budgeting. You have to like make sure sponsorships thing. It's a lot. So then I started doing, well, let's try every other week. And then sometimes it's every couple of weeks. But, you know, now this month, I will say October has been every week just simply because of show releases, things like that. Um, but you're, you're absolutely correct. Like sometimes it is hard to kind of do everything at once. In theater, I, when I ran my own theater company, I was, you know, the marketer, the director, the writer, everything, the stage manager. And it was a lot. So when that five-year point came where I ran Good People Theater for five years, I was like, do I want to expand this? Or, And I was like, no, I can just produce something independently, which I have whenever I want. I don't, I don't need to run a company. I don't need a theater. We're fine. And it was the best decision I made right. to just put my mental health first before anything. So, <laughs> uh, well, yeah, it's uh, you, you, so, uh, like I said, we had, we do have a uh, many, uh, crossover, uh, uh, friends, you know, yes. like a lot of, a lot of comedians, uh, that have been on the show have also been on your show. And uh, so that was a lot of fun to dive through your, uh, catalog and hearing a lot of, uh, greats, uh, for Same sure. Same to you. Hey. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you also have introduced me to a lot of people that I don't know. And that's also Same. really great. Uh, and so, um, I've been, I did like a whole, like this week, uh, prepping, you know, for this and stuff. I kind of binged a bunch of your episodes and, uh, caught up on a bunch of some of the stuff. And, but, uh, so I had a lot of fun with that. Like, and also it's just funny, like, I think you, you kind of alluded to it, um, mm-hmm. in one of the episodes, like about how like people feel like they know you so much because through the podcast like they're you know like yes. and they'll like come talk to you about something and you're like oh yeah i said that in the, you know years ago in a pod- <laughs> or something like that you know oh like uh and how like so i don't know because there was one of them i i think i just listened uh i missed it uh when it 
was live, but uh, or you know originally posted with uh, John Maddie and oh, I. I think, John Maddie, love him. Uh, yes, yeah, one of the mm-hmm. best. Which uh, it's also the that one's funny to go back to listen to now for many reasons. Uh, because on the episode, he's also saying stuff about he doesn't have any kids. And of now course, he's got a baby. Now he's yes. A <laughs> new father. So a uh, big shout out to yes, John. Yes, congrats, John. Yeah. But we I love think, you. I think and that, Jen. Yeah. <laughs> I think in that way, you also said something about not moving uh, to St. Peter's with Jimmy. And then now you're out there in St. In Charles. St. Charles, yeah, yes. So, like, <laughs> so anyway, just funny that with the things we say and then, like, you know, life life changes uh, for sure. Oh, yeah, that was a big, oh, the moving thing. I remember I had multiple episodes because I was a city gal yeah. and I loved, and I still do, like, you can take the girl out of the city, but I was raised by a New Yorker. I will never <laughs> really be... I, somebody was like, you're going to be a suburbanite now. And I was like, first of all, what is that? I have no idea. I'm confused. I was like, didn't know people in the suburbs called themselves that. Uh, but yeah, we were only in St. Peter's for three months and I won. We're moving to St. Charles and we met in the middle. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know. St. Charles is cool. Like, I mean, there's, uh, we're going to have a brand new funny bone there. And, uh, I'm so, ex- so it's just where we are living is just so close. Like the fun, like the funny bone at Westport, only like a 10 minute drive right. and like helium, maybe like 15 and the city is only 20. So it's a lot closer to everything that I want to be. And I, uh, or where I want to be. And St. Charles is, uh, it's a really cool area. I can walk mm-hmm. straight to main street now and I love seeing all the local artists and the shops and things out there. So I'm in a more like definitely the historic district now. So it's a little bit more metropolitan for me. Uh, and then Jimmy still gets to like be close to work and everything he needs to do. So right. it's a good move. We're very excited. Yeah, <laughs> so for sure. Uh, well, you, uh, uh, let's say uh, one of the other ones I recently listened to was uh, on, on Andrea Oh uh, yeah, Andrea Vasquez. Yes. Vasquez, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, which uh, I, I mean, it was a fun conversation. But uh, first, I heard her music and very impressed. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a, I do love country music. There was a lot of things that she was saying that uh, I connected to the reasons, like the that the storytelling and music and stuff, which is something I really like. I love singer songwriters and storytellers, which is why I did a whole. I still uh, trying to do it, but it's been kind of put on hold since March 2020. So. Uh, I've only got to do it one. We did one outside a little bit ago that got to revive my songwriter showcase, and uh, and that was a lot of fun. So I'm hoping to do more of that. But anyway, yeah. but I love that kind of stuff. I just love singer songwriters. And me too. So yeah. it was cool to hear her and uh, you two having a nice conversation and uh, bonding over some some Bravo and. Oh. Uh, so. <laughs> I was like, she's like, I just been watching Bravo. I was like, I don't need to be embarrassed. I love the Real Housewives. It's a good, like, mindless thing to watch. And it was just funny how we were going back and forth about the drama. And yeah. I was just laughing. I was like, oh, I found somebody. She, and that's when she was like, DM me about yeah. it. But yeah, on a professional level, she's adorable, lovely human, Off even off the air. She was wonderful. And um, the same thing. I love storytelling as well. Um, that's why I love theater and even comedy and, you know, I, with music, when somebody has a story behind something, that's like, when I heard her song, I was like, I like that there's, it's a country ballad, uh, but I'm a good sucker for a good ballad. I like soul music too. And that can be a ballad. And there's always a beautiful story, even if it's of heartbreak, sometimes a heartbreak, a journey to heartbreak makes you stronger and whatnot. So, I mean, in my, in my personal life, I do can feel like I'm very 
happy and positive and think but i love some terribly sad depressing music uh and i don't i don't i just uh you know so i'm drawn to a lot of those sad heartbreak songs and stuff and um so i don't know it's uh it's weird how it works like that but they're fun to me i mean like you know in a sense, I, not, I enjoy I enjoy them and stuff you know, as much as you can enjoy somebody else's heartache. But you know, it's right? Like, exactly. It's, uh, mm-hmm. I guess as part of me, I can kind of you know you all again it's the relatability. We've all been there. We've all had uh, you know uh, heartbreak or love stories. I feel like there's so many of those that we and people connect to and stuff. So yes. But yeah, I'm a, I'm with you. I'm a, those some of those sad ballads like that. They're <laughs> They're always uh, frequent on the playlist and stuff. Oh, absolutely. And like sometimes like um, Casey Musgraves, I love her. I was just listening to her song called Camera Roll. She just uh, performed it on SNL too, where she was sitting at the desk and it was talking about a breakup and stuff. And I put it on repeat for a little bit just because it was like, I don't know. I just was like, oh, I love that she was talking about kind of like the heartbreak and change of, you know, different things. And so it, it... when you have sing, singer-songwriters write about stuff like that, I feel like it, in my opinion at least, and I could be incorrect, I feel like it normalizes those experiences because those experiences are, are really hard to talk about. Like, no one ever wants to talk about when you're struggling or when you have heartbreak. It's depressing. Nobody mm-hmm. wants to hear about it. They just want to... So by hearing, like, music at least puts, like, a melody to it. So you're like, okay, this isn't as painful right. <laughs> as it could be uh, because I have a song and um, a tune that's helping me through it. So at least sure. from my perspective, that's how I see it. Yeah. Uh, there was, like, uh, I was just talking about it the other day that, um, you know that song, Pumped Up Kicks? No. From, uh, I mean, it's, like, a huge pop song, like, a couple years back, but... I'm really bad with yeah. song titles, though. Like, I'll hear a song and be like, this is a great song. All and right. then somebody's like, you heard that song the other day. It's this title. I'm like, oh, it's a, it is? Okay. Well, it, <laughs> it came on the radio. I was just thinking, thinking about it, like, uh, that you, uh, it's like, uh, it's a great song. I mean, it's like. Um, I'm sure it's amazing. I just wish I knew. Let me here, see here. Cross, Where, are cross. we just looking it up? Right. Like, mm. We're jamming out. We're dancing. I'm already pumped up. Yeah. It gets me, though. It's like such a fun little beat to it. Okay. We're jamming. We're here. Got a fun intro. And I was like, is there like a lyric that's going to come up that I should be shocked by? But this is like such a fun, like little tune. I know I'm jamming my shoulders. Yeah, super catchy, kind of dancey, and a great hook to sing along to coming up. but it's like the most depressing <laughs> shit when you read the lyrics and stuff. It's like so. Uh, it's about like a school shooting and uh, like what? So, yeah, like I it, had no idea. That's what I'm saying. Like it's like it's like that's the power of music. They can kind of you blend it. In, you know, it's 
the juxtaposition of a super sad lyrics and great uh, melody and stuff, you forget like, oh, hey. Uh, I'll often compare it to, uh, there's a great line in um, Robin Hood, Men in Tights. Uh, have you ever watched that movie? No, uh, no but no. now I got to go watch it. Okay. Well, it, it's a Mel Brooks movie, uh, which is one of my absolute favorite comedy writers. Um, but there's a line where he says, uh, it's um, the sheriff of Nottingham and stuff. And he, and he comes in and he's like, uh, he's uh, talking to the king or whatever. And he's, and he said, well, whatever it is. Uh, and he goes, could you just tell me the bad news in a good way? And then he's like, <laughs> and so he's like, Oh, he just like starts laughing, telling he's like, Robin really, you know, kicked the crap out of us and all of whatever, you know, he's like, and he's like, that's awful news. And anyway, so <laughs> it just makes me laugh that like the whole, tell me the bad news in a good way. And I feel like that's that song. Like it's, but you'll never hear it the same now that I've talked. No, I, I want to go like when I was younger, I don't know how you were, but I used to print off lyrics. So it was like on websites with sure. like A to Z lyrics yeah. or like lyrics with a z.com or something and i would like read i have i'm sure there's somewhere in my like you know my house i grew up in but there's uh probably binders upon binders of me and i would like study the lyric and i kind of miss doing that so maybe i'll bring that back so i can finally like remember some of the meaning behind these songs or learn the different meaning behind you know all the songs here so thank you for telling me that but i just i'm terrible with song names i mean i know uh i don't uh i don't know if i i mean i'm I'm assuming that's what i my i don't i've never heard the actual songwriter tell me that Mm -hmm. it's about a school shooting but there's all kinds of things that uh if you're listening to or you read these lyrics and stuff it's like uh, this is pretty messed up here. Like, uh, so, wow. um, kind of about a kid getting teased kind of thing. And, you know, so I don't know. It's, uh, but again, the power of a song, like it just, uh, it's in the melodies and everything else. Like it's, I don't know. I like music that it can do that to me, like take me to somewhere different, even though they're telling the story and stuff that's super sad and, yeah. and dark and twisted and, but, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, so uh, I think we were talking about your podcast somewhere. In the- <laughs> right. We just got on this like deep tangent. It's okay though. I love it. it was a good. It was a good tangent. Yeah, it's right. a good tangent. And comedy does that too. By the way, like For somebody sure. could be telling a deep dark story and then make it funny, and yeah. you're like, okay, that was kind of dark, but that was great. Yeah. Dark humor. There For you go. Sure. So you I, you had a good point, Shane. You're I, doing awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Well, I do like uh, there's a uh, Ryan Sickler has a show called The Honeydew. Uh, and he has people come on and tell some really dark and, you know, all their worst moments, you know, of their life and, and then they make it funny. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know. It's really, I find it, uh, I think we mentioned in your show too, about how like listening, even listening to podcasting and like hearing people tell your story that's, you know, same reason to music too. Like, but I've heard like these great stories and I'm realized like, Oh, I'm not alone in this. Like there are these feelings and stuff. So I always, uh, really like what he has to say and like and it's nice when people are vulnerable to open up and tell their stories and then ryan just makes fun of them um which and makes it funny so it's it's uh, a great show uh, if you haven't heard it or checked it out but um i would say check that out but uh yeah i don't know i never uh, it's so it's funny that they can go from like crying to immediately crack a joke and laughing and stuff like it's it's funny how they can do that. Um, it's an art form in its own self. Oh, absolutely. So. Yeah, what vulnerability to to be able to do that. Like, right. I feel like, you know, 
you start to, anytime you do comedy, you know, you're really kind of honing your own voice and you kind of have to learn what that is sometimes. And I, I say that even for myself, I've learned to be a little bit more vulnerable. Like on the stage, I've been like speaking of the move. I've been like talking about moving to the suburbs and a change. And even though that's kind of more like still like soft on the surface for me, that was like such a big deal. So to be able to talk about that and have people come up to me after a show, I, uh, I had just done a show at the Alpha Brewing Company. Um, these really fun comics from Chicago came in and, uh, we did a show and why I bring this up is just like you were talking about this lady. She was so cute. She's like, my name is Stephanie. And she's like, I totally understand how you feel when you walk into a party and you don't really like feel invited. And she's like, and I know I have Steph. My name's Stephanie. I have a Walmart name. I was like, I don't have anything against Stephanie's. Like, Walmart I'm, like, name, huh? I'm like, I was like, I, that's, I'm, I'm sure there's Stephanie's over at big lots too. Like, don't worry about it. And she's like, but you know, like we all go through that and, like, I love that you just like made it funny and made it your own. And I was like, oh, so shout out to Stephanie. Um, I don't know where she's yeah. from. <laughs> she was really cute. So it's, uh, you know, we all have to kind of find our way and be vulnerable with that. And I love that. I'm going to definitely check out that show now for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It's a, it's a good one. Uh, so, uh, so you're, so you've been uh, at the podcast game for, for several years, right? Yeah. So, well, so it technically maybe like three or four years now. I, I, I'm trying to think like two, I took a month off when I first started just because life got crazy for a second. And then, um, actually Yell Hollander was so funny. He was like, are you still doing your podcast? I actually really enjoy listening to shout out to Yale for doing that. He was like, you should keep doing it. I was like, okay. And he's one of the best. Oh yeah. One of the best, just a good person too. Like that's another thing. Whenever you just find good people, um, as we talked about earlier, when I interviewed you, just like having that circle and people that support you, it's just, you know, you don't need to have a bunch of people, just like the, a few people who just really support you and are there for you. It's, it's always a, a really good feeling for right. that. Uh, but yeah, about three or four years, give or take for sure. And you, you, um, you post yours like as a uh, seasons. Yeah. Right. So I guess, do you, do you take a little gap there or how, what do you how do you define what a season is on no the that's show? a great question um i tried doing seasons just because i feel like it's a different learning curve each time so each season kind of expands from the other one so like the first 10 episodes were in my apartment where i was still like kind of learning and then the next like 10 or 20 episodes were when I had my computer with my laptop. And then as I grew on, it was like, oh, here's more comedians and we're doing audio in the studio. And then now here's, we're doing video and here's a theme song that I added. And like here, you know, it's just the growth of it. So I'll be honest with you. We're in season six right now. I don't know how long it's going to go. Uh, but it's a, uh, you just see a different change in it every time. So once you go to different seasons, you're like, oh, like it's still me, but it's like improved each time. So mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's cool. I mean, I uh, I've, I've I've seen it when I when I post my shows. It does give me the option for season I'm in or whatever. And I'm like, I've never I just and people ask me like why the numbering and stuff. And I only really number them so they uh, are easier to find, easier to read and stuff like that. With you know, instead of like you know, I, there's no real number reason. You know, just started doing it. So yeah, it makes it easier for me to know how many I've done and stuff. And right. Um, so, um, but yeah, I, uh, I, I think it's neat that, uh, like I said, I didn't have no idea. I've noticed the growth, but I didn't realize that there was an actual, like, 
reason for the seasoning like oh that. yeah and it just i mean i hate to be like it's just like yeah. comes when i feel yeah. like it sounds so artsy and i do have an artistic <laughs> background but like that's how my personality is like as organized as i am and i i really appreciate organization sometimes i just have learned that just you know sometimes it just things flow differently and hopefully they flow up or you sure. just learn or change and stuff so um, I don't know. I always have used seasons just to keep track of that. But I've also sometimes have been like, maybe I should have just done numbers and just <laughs> did it like all in one. Who gives a shit about this growth? Like right. nobody cares except for you. Like it's just the whole thing. But um, yeah, it's, I guess it doesn't really matter anyway, you know, either way. And people read the descriptions and what's nice about your podcast too, as well as mine is that, you know, people can jump in at any time. Oh, yeah. So, you know, it's like, oh, what, is this topic interest you or does this band interest you? Just sure. come on in, join the party. Yeah, yeah. I've always felt like, like, hopefully, I'm, I always hope that, you know, if, even if you, uh, whatever, you never heard an episode, you'll, maybe you like me enough, you'll go back and discover some of the other greats on there. So mm-hmm. if you tuned in for that particular band or whatever it is. And so, yeah, there's, yeah. And then you discover, I mean, because I know I do that as a podcast listener, I'll, I'll discover, a new podcast and I'm like, Oh great. They have so much back catalog out and you got plenty to listen to now. So, yes. Um, so it's always fun to discover a bunch of new stuff like that. Um, so, uh, I know you've been reaching out, uh, doing some things, uh, virtually more on, uh, you got to hang out with Mike Kaplan the other night, mm-hmm. uh, yes. a second time on the show. Yes. Uh, which I'm a big fan of his comedy. Love him. Yeah. Uh, very mm-hmm. funny guy. And then, like I said, uh, Andrea from, uh, lives in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, so, uh, are you, I'm, I'm guessing you're, are you extending more offers out there to, or? These? Yeah. It, you know, so it just kind of depends. Brickshore Media, where Andrea Vasquez and I connected, uh, they're in Nashville. And I actually, there was another gal who you had mentioned. I can't remember if we did it on the recording or beforehand. Yeah. Molly Lovett. Yeah. She's also a very talented country singer. I happened to come across her music, I think just on Instagram or Facebook or something. And I was like, oh, this is catchy and fun. And her name is Molly. So sure. obviously a great name. <laughs> and so I messaged her, I emailed her. And I just, I always do like, if I don't know somebody, like obviously when I know other comedians, I'm like, hey, do you just want to come on my podcast? And they're like, yeah, sure. No big deal. But, um, I like put a formal email. I was like, here's kind of what I do. Here's where I record. It can be like up to 45 minutes to an hour, maybe 30. What's the schedule? And Nicole Zeller, who works for them, emailed me back and I had Molly on. She was wonderful. And so I was like, now that I have that connection through Brickshore, Nicole was like, if there's anybody that ever interests you, let me know. So I just sent Nicole a quick text one day and was like, hey, if Andrea is interested, would love to interview her. And she luckily was. And, you know, you just grow that, uh, that networking with them, uh, with Mike Kaplan. He actually was with the Gaslight Theater comedy series over at the Gaslight Theater in Boyle up the street here locally. And Yale Hollander, who we just spoke about produces that. And he was like, Hey, um, don't know if you're interested, uh, Mike Kaplan. And I was like, First of all, been a fan, long time sure. fan, long time listener, long time caller, uh, first time caller, <laughs> yeah. excuse me. Uh, I would love to interview him. And we really hit it off the first interview. We had a great time. And then Mike and actually Mike reached out to me and was like, hey, I'd love to come on again as I have another show coming up on Helium. And so, yeah, he's great. We saw his show on Sunday. His girlfriend, Rini, is very sweet. And 
Um, that was, that was just nice to be able to have that connection, but it just, it's all, it's just like what we talked about long story short, it's all about networking and having like helium has sent me a few comics, which has been great. Tony Roberts has been on, um, I've always loved Tony Roberts as a comedian. So being able to interview him and have him be so humble and so welcoming, just seeing somebody you've like idolized their art for years, be so kind to you as a human, it just almost makes them better and amazing. Um, And then of course, like all the local people I've interviewed, they're all rock stars to me. So yeah. (laughs) Do you have uh, a, a bucket list uh, type of thing going? Have any, you know, uh, others that, uh, I mean, obviously you're getting great guests and stuff. And most of them, uh, like myself, we're, we, we draw from our, our sure. surroundings, our, our, our friends around town. So, uh, but, uh, I mean, you know, like I saying, you're getting some people coming through town and sit down and do the show with you. But is there, are there, I'm guessing there's, it's gotta be somebody, right? There's gotta be a couple of people on that list. That, oh my uh, gosh. I mean, if Britney Spears could talk to me, like, I know I, I've always like loved her way before even this conservator. I obviously love her more now for being strong and amazing, but I'm like, you know, anybody like somebody probably from my childhood that I, and I, I can't think of anybody on the top of my head, but anybody I probably idolized growing up mm-hmm. like Britney Spears, I would like love to talk to them and be like, thank you so much for being such an amazing and positive impact on my life. Uh, but you yeah, have just more comedians uh, that would be coming through town. I'd probably like to, since I've been starting to do that now, uh, I feel like it's almost a personal workshop to talk to comedians coming in town. Cause I think a lot of times people, obviously it's great to have the followers come on and you know, you gain more listenership. But for me, as somebody who's pursuing comedy, I find it almost a great networking and learning experience sure. uh, to be able to talk to people because then I get such valuable advice. And I'm like, oh, I didn't think of it that way. Thank you for telling me yeah. this is going to make my set better or like be more vulnerable about, you know, this set you're writing. Or I know you're maybe scared to share this about your life, but you should talk about it on stage and you can actually make it funny like we discussed. So there's a lot of great advice I've gotten. So I don't, I don't know if I have a bucket list necessarily, but I have a lot of like goals and sure. ideas that will get me to that point. So, well, yeah, mm-hmm. it's kind of a, kind of a master class of comedy getting to learn yes. uh, right from mm-hmm. the, these people out there doing it and, and pros in the game and stuff. So can I ask you a question? I can't remember. And I apologize. You can edit this out if this wasn't you, <laughs> but a while back, did you interview a guy speaking of your childhood that was, was he, he was the host of some kind of game show that you watched oh. and you were like, this is amazing because it's- David Rubrick from supermarket sweep. Yes. That yeah. was awesome. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, and I would love to do more. Like, I mean, that was, uh, uh, <laughs> for sure. I almost brought it up on your show just because it was such I a- should have asked you about it. And I, we got so deep about yeah, like family sure. and friends. I forgot. It I'm was, sorry. but that was such an absurd one. Cause I, um, so the Netflix had uh, posted a bunch of like you know a whole like block of uh, shows. Oh, they did. Over, over the year. I've so, watched it. So like you know it's quarantine. I'm sitting at home with nothing going on. I I binge through a bunch of episodes and I'm like, and I you know it took me right back to you know being a kid watching that show with my mom and stuff. And I was, it was such a a fun thing. And I'm like, man, this show is great. And it's like, and David was funny on the show and. 
I think I posted on Facebook. I'm just like, hey, anybody? Uh, or it's like, man, it'd be kind of fun to talk to Dave Rubrick. And then all of a sudden somebody tags him. Um, he's like, yeah, I'll do it. And then, uh, you know, we're e- we emailed back and forth. Two days later, we're sitting on Zoom having a conversation. And uh, and I was like, this is the weirdest thing. Like, it's just fascinating that the Internet works like this. Like, you float an idea out there and the Internet delivers. And here you go. And, yeah. uh so yeah, that was a uh, that was a lot of fun getting. I mean, like he, uh, very nice man, and like it was just fun to have a pick his brain for a couple minutes. I mean, I think we only it was like a short one. It was like fifteen minutes maybe or something like sure. that. So, but but just to have any kind of time, you know, spare some time with me and sit on my silly show, that, that was pretty cool to me. So. Oh my God. Well, those are like, those are the magical moments that yeah. happen. It's like, I, I wanted, I should have asked you on my show. Now I'm like, that's right. We talked about right. your show. It's fine. But I, um, you know, we have to promote Shane Presley too. It's all good. But I, uh, rock, paper, scissors. Let's who are we going to interview next? Yeah, the, right. uh, I, I just think that's a cool thing that you did that. And so props to you. So I would love to do more. Like, again, mm-hmm. I, like I was saying, like, I think it'd be funny. I was, it got me thinking about like all these other, uh, video, uh, you know, these, uh, TV show hosts that I, um, used to, you know, you don't see much anymore. Right. Uh, um, like, uh, yeah, uh, you know, there's a, there's a whole bunch of them. Um, but like, uh, Michael Miley, uh, what used to do some stuff with uh, Nickelodeon and, uh, I'm, most of them were Nickelodeon shows like that. I used to, like all those, uh, you know, uh, all the games, uh, whatever, uh, Double Dare and stuff yes. and uh, Legends of the Hidden Temple and whatever, oh, all, those, yes. all the mm-hmm. hosts of all these game shows I used to watch as a kid and stuff. Oh, so. my gosh. Yeah, I think about, that's the thing. I think like something from my childhood, you know, I, I always think of, I just loved Britney Spears growing up and in dance, like we would do, you know, all the songs. We've said it again. I had a Britney Spears birthday party at my house. That was a huge thing. Um, so we all, and then I, uh, what I did was it was with my nieces. We did a choreographed dance to Oops, I Did It Again, and we performed it for my parents because I was 12, so it wasn't <laughs> like, you know. But, like, having those memories from your childhood, you're like, oh, wow. Um, you know, speaking of people hosting shows, though, totally random, but um, I'm a big fan of You Up and with Nikki Glaser. Yeah. And she actually had an interview with Maury Povich. Oh, yeah. And I... It was really good. Like she always does great interviews, but it was really cool to listen to it because I was like, wow, I don't think I've ever seen Mari Povich outside of like in sure. the case of, yeah. you know, you're the father, but it was cool to talk about like how he met Connie Chung and their relationship and being in different places. And I didn't realize he also was like in the news for a little bit before he started doing, um, DNA yeah. test <laughs> results. So, but it was, it was cool. Cause I got to see a whole side of Maury Povich. And I think that's, what's cool as you know, from podcasting is, Yes, we see these people performing or doing, you know, what they do best, obviously, and what they shine in. Right. But getting that humanity aspect um, Absolutely. outside yeah. of it is always the best part. Like even with my friends here, like my local comedian cohorts here in St. Louis, it's it's amazing because I'm like, I had no idea you felt that way or you thought that or that's your favorite show. Like I would have never... And it's almost endearing because you're like, I love you even more now than I did before I had sure. you in here. It just, you always leave with a good feeling. So yeah. mm. I do, uh, you know, as you're talking like Mike Kaplan and, st- and more of these um, established comedians uh, that, uh, that we, you know, that maybe you've done in several interviews. I always try to, whenever I get that opportunity like that, I always try to ask him something 
completely different, you know, like, uh, I had an opportunity to sit with Brad Williams, uh, oh, wow. at, uh, okay. at helium. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, he's, he's told the story, how he started comedy. He's done, you know, he's answered all these questions, these, these, th- these kind of things. So I was like, I need to ask him just different stuff. And especially being in St. Louis, I was like, well, you know, so we got to dive in and talking about, he loved, you know, he comes here, he loves eating barbecue. Uh, so yeah. I, think, I think he told me about going to Salt and Smoke, yes. I think. And mm-hmm. he was talked about going to the city museum, uh, which, you know, he talked about how great it is being his size, that it's like, a you know, he can fits in all these things and does all it gets to, it's a you know giant playground for any adults, but he gets to do a lot of the things that, you know, uh, that because of his size that he can fit in all these different places and stuff. So, uh, but anyway, it was just a lot of fun to, uh, getting to talk to him about that stuff, but I, I, yeah. I, again, I, you know, I wouldn't have talked to him about barbecue otherwise, probably if I would. Oh yeah. Know, so it's just fun to hear that, you know, you learn all these different things about people when uh, that they're also passionate about. You know, so. right? Well, you have to, and that's what you're doing. You're learning. Like sure. you can't just in an everyday conversation be like, "Hi, we've never met. Yeah. Uh, love your <laughs> right. comedy. Also, uh, do you like barbecue? Yeah, like right. what? It's like, oh, I'm a vegan. Like, yeah. <laughs> like it's just you know, you don't. Sure. You can't just like start out. I mean, I guess I don't know. Maybe you could start out that. Be like, do you yeah. like Thai food? But. I don't know. I've never, it's exactly, it gives you more of a forum or a professional aspect of being able to talk to people. And I, I understand how you feel like I'm an oversharer. So I feel like I can connect with a lot of people regularly, but that doesn't (laughs) always mean that everybody's the same way. They're like, all right, we really don't need this personality. We're good. But having that professional, like being able to have a mic, you know, knowing that this is going to be a promotional deal. And then just having that, like we talked about earlier, that organic, connection. Um, I always say earlier and I, now it's really starting to bug me that I don't know if it was here or if it was in the other studio or it was just when we were chatting in between. So I'm sorry if this is confusing uh, to anybody, but, um, I love that. I think that, I mean, with Mike Kaplan, the last episode we did the same thing kind of happened the first time too, when we were getting to know each other, but, um, we talked about birthdays and aging and we were laughing cause he was like, and now that we had this deep discussion, come see me at Helium on October right. 10th, and I promise you'll laugh. But, you know, would I have talked about birthdays and aging with Mike Kaplan or probably sure. anybody? No, but because you're in that forum, you you do. So, yeah, yeah, yeah I totally definitely. get what you're saying. Yeah. Well, you, uh, so, uh, you know, again, we got the podcast out there readily available. You can, uh, like I said, deep dive like I did through a bunch of uh, past episodes and catch up and, um, uh, uh, and then uh, you can see Molly performing comedy uh, around town. Um, you, uh, you said to keep an eye out that you'll be out at uh, Backdoor Comedy. In Ofer- I actually just did my show there. Yeah. yeah. So just hosted for Mary Santora. But yeah, yeah, if you just look up my social media, everything's just at Molly Ambergy. Yeah. And on my website, I'll put all the shows and out. So, you, you, uh, you, you know, like I said, we got Backdoor, we got Helium, we got Funny Bone. There's mm-hmm. a lot of, you, and then you also uh, do the open mic so there's a lot of opportunities uh see those two around town uh, so which i think is great like there's a lot of there's the club mics but there's also a lot of independent mics mm-hmm. um and there's so there's a lot of people making opportunities for themselves around town that are putting together great shows and and uh various showcases or mic open mics or whatever it is and so there's a a lot of great opportunities to see comedy in St. Louis right now. So, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. St. Louis comedy.com. I'll plug that really quickly. St. Louis independent comedy. Uh, Chris Sear started it and then he helped me take over or he had me take over the website and I help out with the social media and Gail Hollander, Sam Lyons uh, are also on there as well. 
Uh, but I do all the updating for the website. So if you're ever looking for mics or shows in the area um, on that social media too, I have a lot of people reach out and say like, what shows are going on? Like what's happening? And I'm more than happy to answer that. And then Shane also does uh, uh, what I love. He's promoted me on some of those too, which thank you. It's like Friday night brought to you by Rock Paper <laughs> Podcast or Saturday night. Here we go. Sure. You know, um, which I will give props to you too while we're recording here is that you do really support a lot of St. Louis events going on. Like there's things I, I'm sure this is the purpose of it. I'm like, Oh, I had no idea that this band was playing here oh, or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Well, so I've been doing this. I've been doing it on Facebook probably nine, eight or nine years at least something like that. And I really all started, started about people were like, Oh, there's nothing to do in this town. I'm like, no, there is. There's, there's so much to do here. Okay. So yeah. I started, just to basically prove people wrong and it started with just maybe like three or four things, you know, because that's my radar. Mm -hmm. And then as it's been, you know, years and years gone by now, it's organically grown where my network and my, my, um, you know, uh, knowledge of St. Louis has grown so much through, you know, through this show and just, you know, being a fan that I've now, like, I mean, I'm hitting 50, 60 shows on a Friday, Saturday night be when, things are really happening around town it's been you know we was slow for a while there for but uh we're back at we're coming we're, <laughs> yeah. we're coming back so uh but as i like it, uh, for a second yeah. thank you <laughs> coming it, back yeah. almost dying though it's yeah. uh but it's, it's cool to see how much entertainment's happening around town in the greater St. Louis area and stuff so i love doing those and people uh seem to get a kick out of it and um it's uh i don't know it always uh makes me laugh though when people like um you know, like, oh, my God, the number one spot or something like that. You're like, like oh, I'm on the top of the yeah. list. And Shane's like, I'm just reading what yeah. I need to put down. So you're still number one to me. Yeah. Everybody's number one yeah. to me on this list. Yeah. So there, are, there is no uh, order of importance. It's just uh, uh, how I find them sometimes. So, yeah. It's, just, I love that. Yeah. If you thought you were number one, forget it. Okay. Right. <laughs> so, uh, but no, it's, uh, it's cool. I, I, I'm glad people enjoy it. I started doing the by, uh, brought to you by rock fair podcast just because like I get so many friend requests from it and stuff oh, yeah. and, and like people want to follow me and I, because of that or what, and I'm like, I don't need to be friends with every single person online. So no. I like follow the, I share it all to the podcast too. Like go over there, follow that my public page and stuff. So yeah um so that's really the only reason I, and i also uh did it and maybe in hopes that uh somebody's like hey this list is really great maybe we'll give this guy some money but yeah that hasn't happened yet so. all right we all we all need some money thrown at us so yeah. don't worry about it all it's right. fine <laughs> i totally get it yeah. and i totally get the friend request thing i have so many and i'm not saying this to make myself sound so popular because i know other people they're probably robots too, but they're just like sitting and like, I haven't, some of them I haven't accepted sure. in months because it's just too overwhelming for me to sit there. So if anybody's like, some people probably have taken it personally. They're like, I really know you though. And I'm like, I'm just, it's too much. Just no. So we'll get there. We'll get there, Shane. We'll, it's me, we'll sift Stephanie. through those. It's, yeah, right. It's me, Stephanie. <laughs> My name sounds like I'm from Walmart. I'll be like, I finally know where she's from. There we go. <laughs> Uh, well, very cool. Uh, Molly, I thank you so much for doing this today. This was, uh, uh, both of these shows if you, uh, were a ton of fun. So I'm, I'm, oh my gosh. I'm glad we got to spend some time together tonight. And Absolutely. We definitely spent a few hours here. You know, we've got, what I liked was that we got sentimental in both. We've laughed in both, you know, covered I, everything. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, that's how I, I like to, 
I like a good variety. So, uh, yes. you know, but yeah, it's, uh, I appreciate you, uh, and your support. And, uh, this has been a lot of fun to officially, uh, get to hang out with you and meet Officially you. meet in person. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, next I got to make it to a show. I, unfortunately I don't, uh, get to make it to nearly as many shows as I once did or, uh, like to. So, but, uh, I, I need to get back and get more involved in the, in the comedy again. So we're all I getting need, back in the yeah, game, yeah, man. I need to, it's come, all good. Need, to come, need to come watch a show for, uh, with you now. So, uh, hopefully we can do that real soon. Sounds good to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Well, thank you, Molly. Thank and, you. uh, make sure again, click subscribe for, uh, casually molly podcast wherever you're getting your shows at so yep molly with an ie yep yep because those y's are imposters okay thanks molly thank you bye everybody bye rock paper podcast rock paper podcast well yeah that was it